everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a double board certified American psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We wanted to talk about alcohol and COVID and as it pertains to specifically women and our alcohol usage as a whole, at least in the United States. Um, So I want to start off by asking my dad, what can you tell me about the rising rates of alcohol usage within within women um, during COVID? Well, alcohol and all drugs, having the usage has increased throughout the pandemic. Women over the last several years have had a particularly sharp increase in the consumption of alcohol and other drugs as well. Our focus today is going to be though on on the increase in, in the alcohol usage. We have an episode that covers alcoholism uh, that we did in I believe October 2020. Some t- it's been you know well over a year since then. Um, I remember in that episode we talked a lot about the detrimental effects that alcohol, prolonged alcohol use has over your health, certain cancers that it can um, keep make you more susceptible to. Why do you think there has been a rising rate in alcohol use during the pandemic, especially amongst women? Well, women have to take in additional roles as not just caregivers being mothers to their children but also working and also now taking on additional tasks such as becoming teachers for the kids that have been learning from home so it's also difficult for women to deal with an abusive spouse or partner in, during the pandemic, women, like all of us, were forced to quarantine, so it was we needed to isolate. So it was more difficult to get out of an abusive relationship because we were confined to stay in, a, in to quarantine, right? So it was difficult for women to move away, to get away, and to seek help from abusive relationships. So all this has added up to an increased stress overall uh, because financially some women weren't able to work so there were pressures with keep paying bills and so forth so all these multiple triggers have have made women more susceptible to anxiety and depression and and therefore it's led to more drinking of alcohol i want to get into like age difference so let's how would you compare a woman in her 20s drinking an excessive amount whether that's week daily or weekly versus a woman in her 40s and up what is the difference between the bodies how long can a woman in her 20s kind of keep up that drinking habit before it becomes detrimental to her health versus a woman in her 40s well we can take it a little further than that we can discuss women or, or girls actually in high school to women postmenopausal, and there's some differing degrees of uh, metabolism and ill effects because of the alcohol. What I found sort of staggering was that in high school, 
one out of three girls reported drinking compared to boys which is one out of four I thought that was a little interesting I always thought it was the other way around but in fact uh, girls are drinking more than boys are in high school there's been a recent survey that showed that more than half of adult women reported drinking alcohol in the past month so we also know that when the pandemic first started in March of 2020 that alcohol sales increased by over 50% that first week in March so we know that people are trying to cope with alcohol as a tool to de-stress the way it affects women throughout the lifespan it's it's a little different of course when you take a young woman or a young lady compared to someone who is elderly the metabolism as you know slows throughout the age cycle uh, the older women get the less they're able to metabolize alcohol so it's going to have different hormonal effects but overall it does increase the risk of breast cancer significantly and that's something that women need to know um, because breast cancer is the most common form of cancer in women and alcohol increases the risk of, of breast cancer I know in our original alcohol alcoholism episode we you spoke on I believe it's the FDA says that like one glass of wine a day with a meal is okay for women versus men it's like two uh, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the portion sizes so if let's say you're just following that general guideline there really isn't is it safe to assume that there really isn't any like cause for concern if you know that you have a healthy relationship with alcohol versus um, maybe someone's life pattern being that maybe they don't drink during the week because they have work so they're busy but then on the weekend they have four to five drinks Friday and then another four to five drinks Saturday which causes worse effects I guess is my aunt my question well it's felt that the guidelines for healthy drinking if you will are the following it's considered one drink a day for a woman and two drinks a day for a man so that totals up to 14 drinks for a man and seven drinks a, a week for a woman so if you can divide those on the weekend that's one thing but on the other hand when you sit down and have when a woman sits down and has more than four drinks a day four or more drinks a day if that's considered binge drinking and there's a significant proportion of or percentage of women that cons that have four binge drinking episodes in a month so it's quite detrimental because it's a excessive and you have to bear in mind since we're talking about the lifespan of, of women that women of childbearing age if they become pregnant when they're drinking that can definitely have detrimental effects on on the newborn and so there's no safe amount of drinking for a woman who's pregnant that needs to be sort of an un underscored here that that's not okay to drink while you're pregnant of course some women will realize that uh, they're pregnant after 
you know, they've been drinking and maybe uh, several weeks into their pregnancy, they, they realize that, that, that in fact they're, that they're expecting. So that's a different story. But if a woman knows she's pregnant, she cannot tell her she shouldn't even have one drink. With binge drinking, how much, with binge drinking, how long can you sustain that if you're doing that every weekend? And what happens to your organs over time? Specifically, I want to know like what happens to like your kidney, your liver, but then also to your brain. Is there anything that drinking does that happens to the brain that leads, besides the the media effects when you're drunk, when you're unable to be make a coherent thought and things like that what happens to the brain long term well the quick answer to that is that it does cause cognitive impairment in the short term and the long term and if you drink excessive amounts suddenly like in you know you ingest a lot of drinks in one day you, you can have blackouts you don't remember what you did which of course is very dangerous uh, it's important to um, point out that in the United States alcohol is attributed to 27,000 deaths of girls and women and it also causes a lot of other effects such as loss of income uh, increased rates of uh, accidents self-injurious behavior reckless behavior uh, sexually transmitted diseases, HIV. So it can have not just effects on your mind, but your your behavior, which will lead to accidents and bad outcomes. So in addition to causing cancer, breast cancer, it can also cause throat cancer, esophageal cancer, uh, cirrhosis of the liver, and or their hormonal changes so it can disrupt sleep patterns it it can um, cause of course depression as a side effect in and of itself so the negative or the adverse effects of alcohol are numerous and they're very harmful so women need to re to be aware of this because the marketing that we get in regards to alcohol, it's always festive, it's a good time, it's almost like if it's a something that's good for you. But the reality is that it, it can cause a lot of serious detrimental effects, so that that's why we're speaking about it, because it's not all good. And for the most part, it can be very bad for you. I know uh, weight gain can be one of the side effects of excessive drinking. What about for those women that, let's say, don't put on weight very easily and they're relatively thin and maybe they have a binge drinking disorder? What are some physical signs that you can outwardly see that takes a toll on the body from alcohol? Well, it's important to know that the body cannot absorb alcohol in the sense that it, it cannot store alcohol, I should say. So the body does every effort to try to metabolize it, to get rid of it. And so the alcohol gets metabolized before nutrients do. So women are going to be malnourished. They're going to have vitamin deficiencies. And there can be 
serious uh, effects because of this, because it can have effects on bone loss uh, and other organs will be affected as well, not just bones, heart tissue can get weakened. And so it'll have a widespread effect on, on several organ systems throughout the body. So we've established the physical side effects. Let's get into the emotional side effects. How does alcohol affect you emotionally, short term and long term? Well, alcohol initially has a euphoric effect, somewhat of a relaxing effect. And in that sense, if you have a glass of wine with dinner, that's okay. That's not an issue. But it, when your consumption becomes more than that, when it it exceeds the seven drinks that are recommended, then you're looking at maybe depression as a side effect, anxiety as a side effect, and also uh, some cognitive impairment the more you start drinking. And if women are already depressed, alcohol's disinhibiting effect will make them do things that they normally wouldn't do when they're sober, including hurting themselves and or others because anxiety brings with it tension, irritability, and at that point women can, or even men or anyone, can be a danger to others because they're wound up tightly and the alcohol disinhibits them and they become irritable and a, a possibly a threat to others as well. Not to mention, as you know, being reckless behind the wheel, accidents, uh, so there's a, the emotional impact that the alcohol can have can be wide and long-lasting for reaching and and very harmful to not just the person who's consuming it but those around uh, them as well. So is it safe to assume that based off the trends we've seen from the start of the pandemic that alcohol consumption will just continue to increase? considering that with the pandemic, uh, there's really no end in sight? Well, that's what it looks like right now. So that, so what we want to encourage is people to engage in healthier coping mechanisms and drinking. So we've talked about different things that people can do, mindfulness, exercise, diet, communicating with others, uh, trying to uh, socialize with others without the drinking or with uh, a more moderate approach um, and, and one of the things that it's important I think to point out too is that uh, before in regards to drinking uh, or any drug use in general it was always felt that complete abstinence was the goal but Dr. Volkow from the National Institute of Drug Abuse points out in her in her blog recent in a recent blog that there's really no evidence that indicates no evidence that indicates that that's actually true that when you cut down on your usage that that in and of itself is a gain that's a positive and when people have a relapse or when they uh, start drinking again after a time of abstinence that shouldn't be considered a failure but it's just we have to realize that relapses are part of recovery and 
people need to be congratulated for the time that they complete that they maintain their sobriety but it doesn't always have to mean complete abstinence so those are the new findings and i think that's pretty relevant and when we're discussing uh this topic that um it doesn't mean that you have to co completely abstain but if you if you do recognize that you have a problem drinking that a goal can be to cut, cut down your usage not completely to zero but just to moderate it so that if you follow those guidelines say of seven seven drinks a week for for women 14 for men that those are guidelines that you can follow if you can get close to that that whatever you can cut down that's good that's positive and so i think it, at this point it's a good idea to talk a little bit more about treatment that a lot of the treatment right now is being done virtually and so we, we it's important for people to Talk, communicate with their doctors that they're having an issue with their drinking and to see what their doctors recommend in regards to medications that are available and mutual aid groups and so forth to, to help uh, with uh, with the misuse of alcohol. Yeah, I think that's something we also spoke about um, during the week was I was telling you the uh, the popular thing to do is called dry January where after New Year's after celebrating maybe you got you know you had a few drinks New Year's Eve uh, it's popular to just abstain from alcohol the whole month of January and while that concept is good it I I asked you that question of like it seems as though when February comes you might be more susceptible to oh I was good all January so tonight I'm just gonna have X amount of drinks I don't care because I was I was good all month so I can treat myself allow myself to have a few more drinks in regular tonight because I was good and I think I was just telling you like the idea of just cutting back like you mentioned and gradually you know okay I'm only gonna have two drinks tonight I usually have three or four at the bar but I'm just going to max out at two and then I'm done. I think, you know, gradually cutting back and al allowing yourself to indulge but not overindulge and, you know, having that balance I think is very key in order to maintain a healthy relationship so that if you don't just cut it off cold turkey and then the second you have one drink, it's, oh, I already broke it so might as well just get blacked out tonight. It's, you know, the same thing if you were on a diet, if you're good all week and then, oh, you had a cookie. Oh, I had a cookie. I might as well just eat everything, all the sweets in my house today because I already had the cookie. So I ruined it. The day's the day's ruined. I think the same could be applied to if you're trying to come back, cut back on your alcohol use. Well, as you're saying that, you know, some of the stigma that goes along with it, that even health professionals need to be aware of that. If you have a, a relapse, you know, you, you're, you're pointing out diet because uh, there is somewhat of a relationship to alcohol use or misuse. But there's that, once again, that stigma that, okay, you failed. And even some some rehab programs won't accept somebody who, who has a dirty uh, urine tox screen. Uh, whereas we, we need to realize that relapses are part of recovery, as I've mentioned. So if you do relapse, you know, it's going to happen. But you can't feel guilty to the point where you feel you're, you're a failure, that you need to feel guilty. You know, that's part of what happens. 
in this in the road of recovery there's going to be setbacks there's going to be times where people are going to you know in, as you say indulge or overindulge but no you have to get back to it you have to give yourself a, a break and and get back on the effort to to cut down your drinking to what the recommended guidelines are and but what shocks me when i read about the the adverse effects of alcohol is the increase in say heart disease or cancer in particular that really I, I i can't overemphasize how bad it is for women to increase it increases their their risk for breast cancer and I, w I had come across a report that was really that that suggested that if women were to stop drinking and maintain a healthy weight and do physical exercise those three things no drinking physical activity and maintaining a healthy weight that that would reduce the risk of breast cancer by one-third so I think I think that's worth sharing. Uh, so the effects it, that it has again, its propensity to cause cancer, that's pretty high. And so I think we're not told about this in the advertising campaigns, right? Sometimes when you see these commercials about drugs that are being promoted, they'll always quickly try to get the side effects in. But you don't get that with alcohol. You just get the celebrations, the activities, the associations with sports and winning and uh, being out on a beach, having a good time, vacation. Uh, but again, you don't get that other side of the coin here where, well, what does it do to you when you have a little too much? Or what are the long-term side effects of this? Because it's a drug and it's the most commonly used drug in the world. So that's why we're sharing this because people need to know that it's not all good here. It's there's a lot of downside to alcohol. So we just want people to keep that in mind uh, during this stressful time. It's easy to turn to alcohol as it is to other drugs, but that there's other better ways. There are healthier ways to cope, and and God knows it's 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 a very stressful time for for everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you found some insight in what we said. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram at 2020 Psych Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.